Hi guys, and welcome to the Figure It Outable podcast. I'm your host, Carly Visconto, and this is a space where we talk all things navigating life in your 20s, diving into the topics of health, wellness, career, faith, relationships, and so much more. No longer are the days where we have to act like we have it all figured out. In a world that likes to pretend, join me for your dose of reality, proving that you can live your happiest life while figuring it out at the same damn time. Hi guys, and welcome back for another episode of Figured Outable. I am so excited to be releasing something new for you guys after taking a little bit of a hiatus. Today's episode is with my dear friend, Anna. I have known Anna for about seven or eight years now, which sounds kind of crazy to say. I'm even wondering if that's accurate, but yeah, I legit just counted the years. I met her at the end of high school. And although our relationship is unique in that we don't really get to see each other very often, it is a relationship that is just so special. And she is truly just the most uplifting person that I know. In this episode, we talk about Anna's last few years of navigating the postgrad life and some of the amazing experiences that she has had. She has just really allowed herself to be fluid and really listen to her gut and her intuition in terms of what feels right, both personally and professionally. And just to give a quick overview so you have an idea heading into the episode, Anna graduated from Bucknell in 2019 and she became an Orange Theory instructor. Then she and her now fiancé, Danny, who is a filmmaker moved to Hawaii, where she became a Pilates instructor at Legree and worked retail at Lululemon. And then after about a year, upon returning home, she began teaching at Orange Theory again, but really her passion lied in starting to coach cross country and track and field at the collegiate level. So she started that journey at Gwen and Mercy University, and she now has the amazing opportunity to be coaching at Villanova University. Anna is honestly just a total badass in all aspects of life, and I just can't wait for you to hear her talk through how she came to accept the fact that her path was going to look a little different than most of her peers in business school. She is honestly just impossible not to love, so I know that you'll enjoy this episode, but more importantly, I really know that you'll just enjoy getting to know her. So with all of that being said, let's get into the episode. I give to you, Anna. I'm so happy to see your face. I feel like we, like, last time we caught up, when was it? Girl, I don't even know. I, it had to have been, like, I that time you- in Philly. But when we shot for Danny's video? Yeah. I guess we should take it back and give a little intro. Do you remember yeah. the first time we met? Yeah, it was at it was at an indoor meet, right? At Lehigh? Yes. University girl. Oh my God. Yes, I remember. Okay, so I remember we were lining up for, I think it was, it was either a mile or an 800. 
I don't remember which, I don't remember which one. one. I think it was the eight. I'm pretty sure. I, I remember, I think it was one of the meets that we were both trying to qualify for, was it champs or I think it had to have been champs at that point, like the championship meet you needed to like run a qualifying time. Yeah. And I had always seen you at the meets, obviously like every single Friday we would all be there, but we were talking about how we both wanted to qualify for the champs meet. And then we like both ran. And then I think the following week we like saw each other again and you we're trying to qualify again. I think you did at that time, but I wasn't running the 800. I was running the mile the following week. And I remember like looking for you before your race to like wish you good luck. And then I think we saw each other again at like States or something. Like every time after that, after we bought, we were being nervous and wanting to qualify and we just like got to talking. And then, yeah, I guess we just- Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so now it's coming to me. I think it was probably states that we were trying to qualify for just because that was always the time, the time qualifier or whatever. Um, Yeah, that's so funny. And then I remember like following each other on social media and then uh, honestly just like fangirling from afar because you then like ran like what, you ran so fast in the 800 and the mile and just like like, kept going, kept going, kept going. And I was just like, damn, Carly Moscato is perfect. She's beautiful. She's so fit. Oh my God. I was just like, damn. But we saw each other a couple of times at cross country meets in college and, um, and then with Danny's video and stuff. But since then, like, I think it's been very brief since we've caught up, like maybe a few like text messages here and there or voice memos, even maybe not even, but other than that, like, I feel like not really until recently. It's funny because I feel such like a deep connection to you. And I feel like we are so similar and you're always somebody that like, I just identify with and I just feel like I get on like such a deep level but we've had such minimal interactions like they're (laughs) always like short but sweet like we would always see each other at meets when we're finishing or like we're running the starting line in passing and yeah the one time we actually did spend like an afternoon together wasn't Billy when we were filming that video for Danny and that was probably the longest and only time we've ever like hung out which is wild because like yeah. I said, I regard you as such like a dear friend. Yeah, literally, exactly. I think that's the only time we've really hung out. We've always like meant to, but same. Like I always feel like we've like connected like a sister and also like uh, Gina Capone. Yes. I feel like us three, like I feel like just like click right off the bat. I've also, I've never ever talked to her or met her in person, but like she's someone who I like mutually met through you on Instagram or something. And right away I was like, okay, like, yeah, like, I was like, we all need to get together. And it was always like, a, we just all need to run together or do something together. And it's still that same mutual type of connection with you and then also with her. A million thousand percent. So she's living in Cape May this summer. And I actually got um, breakfast with her like last week. Oh, so funny. Before. And I think that besides Broad Street, like I ran into her a few times at like random races. But yeah, that was like my first time sitting down and having an actual conversation. And like, you just know that it's your kind of people when it, the conversation is just always so easy and you can just exactly. like pick up as if you've been best friends forever. And I just, yeah. I want us three. Are you in Philly right now? Yeah, I'm in Philly. Are you still in Wildwood or are you back in Philly? I'm in Wildwood for now, um, probably through Labor Day. And then I'll come back to Philly. Um, I'm like really excited to be back in Philly for the fall. And I initially was supposed to be going to Australia. I pushed it back though. I pushed it back to January because I have like a family wedding. I have my aunt's bachelorette. And I was just going to miss all these things. But I was like, 
why would I miss this? Like fall is literally my favorite season between football totally. and like just like the weather and Halloween goes into Thanksgiving, goes into Christmas season. So yeah. I'm like, why don't I be here for that? And then I'll skip January to March when it fucking sucks here and there's nothing <laughs> to look forward to. So that's the new one. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. It also just gives you like that much more runway to just like get all your shit together before like actually moving across the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just like that, just like knowing you have that extra time and like then you can like soak up the time with your family like in the holidays is actually a time of year where you do see everyone and you do spend time with everyone. Um, and like you said, like going into the shitty part of winter, like that's just like the perfect time to, you know, it's like almost even like after that post-holiday kind of like, oh, okay, like now yes. everyone's getting back to work and stuff. It's like, okay, no, like I actually, I get to still do something fun. And that's like the, per- that's when we moved to, we moved to Hawaii in January of whatever year it was after the holidays. Amazing. Yes. You would know about moving literally across the world <laughs> away from your family. But before we even get to that, I wanted to like take it back and because I'm sure when you were going through school, you weren't, I'm sure, planning on moving to Hawaii and your life now probably looks a lot different than what you thought it was going to look like. So obviously you went to Bucknell, such a great school academically. Um, you were on the cross country and track and field team. So what did you study in college? And can you just take me through like your college experience? Like, was it? pleasant? Was it challenging? Yeah, absolutely. So I went in undecided and kind of had no idea where I wanted to go in terms of school. Um, I was kind of leaning towards like a psychology type of focus, but that never really came to fruition. Honestly, like after freshman year being undecided, my fiance, Danny was in the business school and he um, had gotten a job after his senior year. So of course, in that mindset of what am I going to do after college? I don't know. I kind of just want a job. I'm not really sure. He was in the business school that seemed to work out. And so um, I kind of just like thought I would give it a chance. And I decided to apply for the business school um, at Bucknell. And I found a major that was actually really cool. It's called managing for sustainability. So um, it is a a general business major, but looking at um, business with the lens of how corporations and businesses can be more, um, ethical, um, whether it's socially, financially, or sustainably. So that was a really cool way to kind of approach the whole business aspect. And I'm really grateful for like the three years I had studying within that major. Um, My time on the cross country and track team was amazing. I mean, it's why I'm so passionate about running the way I am today. And I think it's led me to different avenues that I'm pursuing today, like coaching and fitness and stuff. Um, But in terms of like academics. Um, it went like pretty smoothly. Like it wasn't anything like super crazy. Um, sophomore and junior year, I was kind of still in like, okay, like maybe I'll get a marketing job. I didn't know. I interned at Philadelphia magazine, my summer going into my senior year, I believe. And that was honestly like the breaking point. It, it sucked. It was so boring. Like what were you doing for them? So it was, um, a sales marketing and events intern. And there were like six interns and we would just go into the office a few times a week. Um, it was unpaid, which also sucked, but I mean, I just needed to get my foot in the door somewhere. And it seemed really awesome. Like, I mean, everybody I met there was really great. Like the staff and all the mentors there were really awesome, but just like the organization of the whole thing, there didn't really need to be six interns doing things. And so I ended up just like sitting on my laptop, like all day, every day, like not really doing anything. 
commuting into the city every day. It was like 45 minutes of the train ride and just kind of learning like also like where on the totem pole that I was and stuff. And I was just like, there's so much that would go into it into getting a job like this. Um, I just wasn't super passionate about it. And uh, so kind of going into my senior year of college, um, I was like back to square one. It kind of felt like everybody else around me in my major, it was really small. We had like 13 people maybe in my major total. And everyone kind of seemed like that they were going into big jobs. Consulting jobs was like huge from that major. They're working for like Deloitte or JP Morgan, like all those big kind of companies. I'm sure you being like a finance and accounting major, you hearing all those big companies as well. Yeah. And when like, I remember, I remember so vividly one day in our sustainability class, it was like our senior like foundations class, all the seniors and the professor went around and kind of asked everyone like what our post-grad plans were and everybody had like their job like nailed down for this company. So many people were going to the same company and I was like, I'm not sure. I think I might want to be a personal trainer. <laughs> it was just like the lamest answer. It sounded like. Okay. Um, pause. The fact that you said that in class and like you had the wherewithal and you were so in tune with yourself to realize that like what everybody else was doing wasn't what you wanted. And like, quite frankly, I got pulled into that at Penn. And when I transferred into the business school after my freshman year, because I also went in just like undecided, kind of like was going to study econ because I didn't get like a practical degree. And then, yeah, once I was in the business school, it was like everybody either did like banking or consulting. And so I started taking these interviews and like, I didn't know the first thing about finance. I didn't even know what the S&P 500 was. Meanwhile, like kids in my class had been investing since like age five, like it was bad. And so I was taking these interviews for these jobs that I didn't know what they entailed and what a, a day in the life would look like. So the fact that you were able to recognize that's not really what I want, that's not really what would make me happy. And you were confident enough to go against the grain. That's amazing. I give you so much credit. <laughs> Well, thank you. And honestly, I have to give a lot of credit to Danny, who's my fiance, my partner, you know, he being three years ahead of me um, in college, I saw him go through pretty much like what you went through. He took um, a super corporate job out of high out of college. It was um, like marketing based. I don't know what it was. It was in Philly. But um, and I saw him go headfirst into that. He accepted the job. I remember like winter of his senior year. I remember being next to him and he was on the phone with the corporation. I was like, oh, it's a big deal. Like, congrats, you got the job. Like, it'll pay great. Like, you'll work nine to five, like blah, blah, blah. And um, I just remember seeing like what it did to him when he had graduated and eventually had started, you know, that August after his senior year. And he honestly, after seeing him go through that, not only seeing him go through that, but then he also like took it on himself to encourage me to go for something that I wanted to go for because he didn't want me to experience the same thing that he did. So he encouraged me to get my personal training certification um, in my senior year. He was just like, Anna, like you do not want to be wasting your time. And he was like, I promise you, like you will regret it. So I owe so much to him and I'm so happy that I, we have that type of relationship where I trust him and, um, he kind of challenges me like that, like on an everyday basis, challenges me to kind of do what is going to make me feel better and what's going to challenge me as a person. And then kind of in turn, like have that impact hopefully on other people. That's just like a daily thing that just kind of, he has like the power to do for me, which is really, really special. 
And so he did that throughout my entire college career since I still had my sophomore, junior and senior years um, when we were still dating and he was working and seeing him pursue something that was kind of non-traditional going against the grain um, and uh, kind of seeing that it was working out for him and that you have to have to take those risks sometimes and go with what feels good for you and might not, might not what sound, you know, 100% to your parents or to others around you. Um, and it was still really hard, but definitely having Danny as like my, my number one next to me the whole time, uh, definitely made it easier for sure. I don't, I don't know if easier is the word, but it makes you feel a little bit more validated to have somebody right. in your corner being like, this isn't a crazy decision because sometimes you do feel crazy for wanting something different than what other people want or going down an unconventional path, even if everybody knows maybe you'll be happier this way, but it's like, but it's less stable and it's less predictable. And who knows what you'll be doing in a few years or if you'll have a job. And there's just so many question marks, but if you can have somebody like on your side and just rooting you on being like, listen, you don't need to think 10 steps down the road. Like if you can just do what makes you happy today, it's all going to work out. And if you can see that also firsthand through his experiences, he took a leap of faith and obviously it, it paid off tenfold. Yeah, exactly. And there was definitely like a lot of guilt when it came into kind of wanting to go in like a non-traditional avenue, just because even though like my college experiences like helped lead me to where I am today at the same time, like there goes, you know, how many thousands of dollars that my parents paid for me to go to this prestigious university when I literally couldn't have gone to a state school or even not have gone to college and still could have ended up um, kind of within the same realms. Obviously, like, like I said, like the college experience has helped me. And now, you know, three years later, having that, like gone, gone to Bucknell and running for Bucknell has helped me with like, the career I'm pursuing now but at the same time it's like I was like I I definitely felt guilty and especially when you have certain people in your life who don't see eye to eye with you with things that you want to pursue especially after going to such an expensive school for four years it was definitely super guilty and making you feel like you had to go a certain way but like in my gut I knew like that still just like wasn't going to be the right thing and I think that just comes down to empathy and compassion and at the end of the day, um, those people were able to come around and they were able to, to see and be grateful that I could recognize that, that I wasn't in the right path for me. And thankfully they've come around to support me um, and to love me no matter what. So grateful for all of that, but there was definitely some guilt and also just feeling like I owed that owed people something, um, which in some sense, like, I feel like I, I do because it was such a financial, you know, responsibility for those four years. And um, it's definitely something to think about and something that I, I would have reconsidered, you know, back in 2015 when I graduated high school. I relate to that on the deepest level because that was the biggest thing um, that prevented me from making the change sooner. And it's something that still gets me like so emotional because- I have chills. <laughs> literally, because like it is when it affects a family and when you were blessed with parents that- you know, were able to financially help you through college. I like always felt forever indebted and I felt like mm -hmm. I needed um, their quote unquote blessing mm -hmm. to put my degree to good use to do it justice and to deviate from that path and to take a chance on myself and in turn risk this golden ticket that I felt like I was handed when I was recruited to go to Penn. Like there were 
so many times that I wished that I had committed to Penn State because I was I was between those two schools and obviously Penn State was able to give a little bit of more of an athletic scholarship, mm-hmm. whereas the Ivy Leagues, and I'm not sure about Bucknell, but they couldn't contribute financially. Um, they didn't give scholarships for athletic or quote unquote, I think like some sports did, maybe football, they had some yeah. of the budget, but track and field, they didn't give any. Um, so it was a big financial commitment for my family and I. Um, obviously, like I took on some debt, but like my parents really, made a lot of sacrifices. I'll never forget, like my dad reproposed to my mom to renew their veils in Italy. And that was the summer, I guess, before I committed to Penn. And then I committed to Penn and we literally had to cancel that family vacation. Like they never got to go to Italy. They still never have been there and they haven't renewed their their veils yet. So like, it was just something that weighed on me so heavy because I felt like I was gambling with a life that wasn't mine. And I think that was a big problem that I didn't feel like I had ownership of my life. Mm-hmm. And I was still waiting on like my parents' permission or my parents' blessing on the path that I wanted. And while of course, like you always want your parents to be on board and support you, I think you need to learn that they always will, right? Like they will come around, they love you so much. And that's something that I had to learn after just ripping the bandaid off and making a decision for me even though they would say verbally, like, we support you, we love you if, this, if you're not happy, but I still felt deep down that they would maybe feel a type of way and maybe resent mm-hmm. me for um, taking advantage or not appreciating what I was given. Because don't get me wrong, I was so blessed, but I would be lying if I said that I would look back on the day I committed to Penn and regret it and say, mm-hmm. I just wish I went somewhere cheaper so that I wouldn't feel so con- find into this life that feels like it was determined for me when I was so young, when I chose it. Um, And that's something I wrestled with for years and years and years, even when I was at Penn, like trying to succeed and get good grades so that I could land that internship, which would lead into a job. It was just so much pressure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, nobody will truly, truly feel how or truly, truly know how you feel just because we are all our own person. And it, it can be so hard to empathize when you haven't experienced that yourself. And especially coming from like from that generation, honestly, like they're still learning. But something that also I've come to realize is that in like its own way, like sometimes I think of it and I think it was like my uncle who had said this to me when I feel like indebted to my parents or feel like I owe them something at the same time, in turn, by you developing your own passions and going for your own path, even though you kind of broke free from what you had, you know, expected yourself to go through when you first committed to Penn, um, by you still developing the way you're developing now and, you know, kind of taking that risk now and going a little bit more non-traditional in turn, you know, five, 10 years from now, if that's going to make you that much happier of a person, that much happier of maybe a future wife, a future mother, and then you're going to have those experiences then to lean on and to uh, think about when you're then raising your kids, that is kind of like how the re-debt is kind of like repaid. That debt is like repaid almost, even though it's not directly to your parents at the same time, it's still family and it's still going to be then reflected upon your kids so that they can grow up just like you grew up in a supportive and loving household. It's just going to be reframed a little bit differently because of the way 
you t- took it on like as an individual. I love that. Yeah. And I think our parents would also agree too. like, they would even say like, whether you pay it forward or not, just to know that you are happy and like at mm-hmm. peace internally, like that is more than a job could ever exactly. give us in return. And so like, exactly. I know that they just want the best for us. And also like the point of that we're living in such different times and like, mm-hmm especially post COVID, it's a whole new wave of a larger wave than ever before of people taking a step back and just realizing that they want to prioritize work-life balance, family relationships, quality of life. Like it's no longer that grind mentality Mm -hmm. that there once was. Yeah, exactly. It's such a difference and it's so refreshing as well. It also makes you feel a little bit like less alone with it. So right after you graduated, it sounds like you already knew that you wanted to take a non-traditional path. So what was the first thing you did job-wise after graduation? Yeah, so I got my personal training certification probably like March of my senior year. So I was doing that um, while also finishing up my major at school and it was totally doable. Like I wasn't, I really only had like 13 hours of class. Like it was not bad. But um, so I finished up my NASM um, certification um, while I was in, still in college thinking that that's like the kind of route that I wanted to go in, but I really had no idea. I was like, I don't know if I want to do one-on-one client. I didn't really know anything about like how that works. And I also didn't feel super confident in like my ability to personal train somebody. I just like, didn't feel confident in like my knowledge. Um, and so something I struggle with now as well, like being like a coach and a running coach, like just having that confidence from everything that I've learned and being able to give it outward to someone so they can succeed. But, um, so I really had no idea. I looked at a few gyms. I know you probably heard of city fitness in Philly. Yes, that's where we shot for Danny's video, right? Yeah. There's oh, wait, a oh, wait, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, duh. that's so funny. Yeah, so I had looked there a little bit. Um, and those were that was more like one on one. And even like the fitness, as I'm sure you're kind of learning, like the personal training world, it's like, it's definitely a little interesting to navigate, like people do it so many different ways, whether you freelance, or whether you do one on one clients, and you're like, under a gym, like Equinox, or the YMCA, or city fitness is kind of what it was leaning into. But unfortunately that didn't work out. And so I was still just kind of like, I don't really know. I was kind of applying to like all different gyms, like around the East coast, whether it was Equinox, Soul Cycle. I had no idea what, like if group fitness was like the thing for me. And I also wasn't expecting to move anywhere other than Philly. So I was just like putting myself out there, really didn't hear from anything. I had zero experience under my belt in terms of fitness. Like the only experience I had had, you know, professionally was my internship at Philadelphia magazine and some other like marketing internship the year prior. And, um, my mom had started up orange theory fitness. Um, and cause there's a ton of studios, you know, back at home, she went to the one, um, close to where we used to live in Bluebell. And so I knew that orange theory was like kind of popping. I knew it was like the up and coming thing. She was obsessed. I had seen her, seen it around. And, um, so I was like, okay, like, let's just apply to orange theory. Why not? So I'd applied to a location out in Springfield, which is like by media kind of out towards the the airport. And um, I'd applied to a few other locations as well. But um, as soon as I graduated, uh, they had gotten back to me, which was amazing because like I said, like I had no experience. So I really had, they were kind of taking a risk on me as well. And I totally am so grateful for that. So I remember like to this day, like going in for my interview, my very first initial interview, and I looked at my resume and I remember our manager saying like, 
you know, usually we like to see someone with like at least one or more like years of experience, personal training. And I was like, I remember I pretty much, I said this like in a nice way. I was like, how am I supposed to get this experience that everybody wants when nobody is going to hire me with no experience? And I was like, I was like, I need it. Like you can give me this experience. I was like, I'm really eager. I was like, I'm not completely new to fitness. Like it's something that I've always been very passionate about. And thankfully that they were, they took that risk on me, even with my very minimal experience. And from there, it kind of, it kind of blossomed, you know, I ended up training with the head coach and then, yeah, I just kind of like jump right in. And then sometimes when you like jump right in like that, like just, it's just like literally the only way to do it. And uh, I was really lucky that I had like awesome mentors, like along the way, my head coach, my manager, the other coaches of the gym, who I, who I learned, I'm still super close with today. Um, and yeah, that was kind of like the start of orange theory and who knew that it would still be in my life three years later. So I'm very grateful. <laughs> yes. So it had to have been so intimidating to like go through, it is like a training process basically, right? Like, was it like awkward at first or did you feel funny? Oh yeah, definitely. I remember the second interview I got, it was the interview that I got to meet the head coach and the head coach trains all of the new coaches, um, or at least the way I did it, coach, uh, trains all the new coaches to then become officially certified and it was my first orange theory class I ever took. And then right after that, um, we met and she's like, okay, let's, let's bring you into the studio. Let's see what you sound like on the mic. And I was like, I was like, literally, I was like faking it so hard. I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And she like pulled up the screen where you like see like the demos of the exercises. And she was like, I want you to like go through this block for me. And I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, I was like, I just took my first orange theory. Like I blacked out. I don't know what's going on. And so I kind of just like, honestly, just like, fake it till you make it. And that's exactly what I did. I kind of just like went through this exercise that I didn't really know what it was called. I didn't know what I was supposed to say, but I just like, yeah, I tried to have that energy and just sound confident. And she loved the way I sound over the mic. And I was like, boom, okay, solid. Oh um, my God, you're a boss. I would have <laughs> been like, can we um, rain check? <laughs> I was literally like, what? Like, okay, here we go. Like sweating. I'm already like so sweaty from the workout. Like no idea, no idea what I was doing, but, um, yeah. And then after that, a lot of times with orange theory, they have like a regional training where all these new coaches go for like a week and it's a week ex extensive, um, intensive training um, at one studio. Everyone gets certified together the way I did it though. My head coach trained me for like three weeks straight, just me and her. Um, and she coached the 5 a.m. every single day. So we had to get there at like 4.30 every day. And then I would stay till like 1 p.m. Just like going over templates, practicing on the mic. Eventually I would hop into her classes on the microphone um, and take like certain sections of her workout. And I owe so much to her because her energy is how I learned. And so, like you said, like, being energetic, like in the fitness room, one is something that I really value of value. And two, I think it's one of my hats that I also really like to lean into when I'm under the orange lights. And when I'm in a coaching center setting, um, I love to bring the positive energy. I love to, I, something I have totally learned to uh, like value and really feel lately is other people's energy, like not to sound uh, like, cliche or anything but it's so true you can feel it and it's so contagious so it's something that especially within like the past six months being at this my new studio something I've really really leaned into but anyway so her energy was amazing so I honestly really didn't know like anything different than how she coached so I was like okay like I have to be high energy like this is how she coaches here we go 
And so I kind of just like leaned into that and it worked. It clicked for me. It was perfect. And, um, and then after like three weeks, finally I had like my, my certification class where like the regional trainer comes in and certifies me. And, um, Carly, I literally slept for 14 hours that night afterwards. I was I'm so sure cursed. you slept like a baby. A, a baby. <laughs> oh my God. But it was awesome. It was, so, it was so rewarding. Um, and all the members were really great. Typically all the members like that. I mean, I've only been at like three, four orange series coaching at, but I mean, everyone has been so welcoming and makes the process so much easier um, because you do, I get so nervous. I remember just like, I had to run to the bathroom before I did like my trial classes. Like I was like, I can't do this. Like, did it feel like I, free race again? Uh, yes. Like literally. Yes. <laughs> I always had the nervous pee. I would be sprinting always. off of the starting line into the bathroom. My mom would be like, where's Carly? I thought she was in this heat. She's like, God damn it. Like she's going to miss her race again. Like they would, it would, that's me. I get it. Yeah, literally. It was like the same thing. I still get nervous before different certain workouts before I put the microphone on. I'm still nervous. Um, but it's like all good. And it's all good nerves now. Like before it was definitely like, I was like, I don't know if I can do this now. It's like, okay, like just put the microphone on. You're good. Have fun with it. Um, but yeah. And then never really looked back, like just kind of took on a bunch of classes and just continued to learn. Um, and like, even with like the personal training knowledge throughout my time at Orange Theory and it's been, it's been really awesome. Yeah. So I saw one of your posts. Um, I think it was one of your posts or maybe it was a text. You know, I think it was a post talking about how you were burnout from Orange Theory. And I can only imagine the hours, like I'm sure it wasn't the place. I'm sure it wasn't the people, but it is a grueling profession. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about like the early mornings and just like the grind where it's a different type of grind than we were. Well, it's same, but it's different. Um, yeah. So can yeah. you talk a bit about the challenges? Yeah, absolutely. And I really like, yeah. And thank you so much for bringing that up. Cause that was like a huge part. Um, like, you know, the honeymoon phase and the beginning of orange theory, it was so amazing. And I tried to remain grateful, like throughout all of my feelings, but at the same time, like I kind of became a yes woman, um, to covering all of these classes and, I was also fresh out of college. So I was looking to make money and it was like my only job at the time. Um, so, but it is exhausting and just like having that energy for, you know, three, four, five classes a day. And I'm also like, I'm someone who paces back and forth throughout my entire class. So literally like if I coach like four classes, I've walked like 15,000 steps, which doesn't sound like a lot, but like it's back-to-back classes. So it's like, you just like, don't really sit down. And I'm lucky if I like get a sip of water in between, go to the bathroom, I'll like sneak a protein bar in there. Um, and it's all part of it. Like it's all rewarding at the end of the day, but it's something that I really did have to learn when I was a young coach. Cause I kind of learned my maximum classes that I like to coach each day to deliver the quality that the members deserve. And then also too, throughout the week. So by the time, like right before COVID hit, I was coaching like, it was like over 20 classes a week, which isn't like when it's someone's full-time job, like it was still like not even like full-time hours. Like it wasn't 40 hours a week, but that like, it was so much, it was six days a week. And I remember by the time COVID hit, I was so relieved that we had quarantine. I remember just being so happy that I finally just got to rest and have some energy and sleep and uh, yeah, it was just, it was just way too much. I was just saying yes, way too much. And part of that was my fault in the very beginning. But then I did have some people who I worked with kind of look out for me and they're like, Anna, like, are you okay? Like, are you sure you're taking on like 
the right amount of classes for you. Like you can say no, like it's fine. Like you don't want to burn yourself out. Like I was in your position once, um, but I kind of just like kept shrugging it off, shrugging it off. Like, um, but at the end of the day, like I was exhausted and that definitely is a challenge with it. Even today, like, um, I have like a limit of, I know how many classes I like to coach and, I'm obviously more flexible. Like I can cover different classes, but I also know like where my threshold is. And I do say no, like now, and I do say I can't cover those classes or that schedule doesn't work for me because I learned the hard way. And I don't want to get to that point where I want to quit. And I, and I want, I hate orange theory again, just being able to find that balance is something that I really did have to learn throughout my first like year at orange theory. So now I have so much fun with it and I absolutely love it. And uh, I can deliver that energy. Not even have to think about it. Um, but that also comes with boundaries and learning how to say no. I was just going to say, that's like the perfect message on boundaries that can be carried across the board with everything you do in life. Because like sometimes too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. And like, you need to look after yourself first and foremost, because like, that's nobody else's job. Mm -hmm. And while you had people checking in on you, like they can't force you to say no, if you don't say no, and you feel this obligation to deliver, but like, exactly, you can't give what you don't have. So you need to make sure your own cup is full before you start Mm -hmm. giving to others. And kind of goes back to what you're saying with like, the whole family, like life, one day, if we're happy, and we are successful in a career that fulfills us, that'll help us be happy and, you know, foster this amazing family and relationships with our significant others and our, and our Mm -hmm. children. It's like, you have to feel, um, okay with saying no to things in order to make yourself better off. So we need to get to Hawaii. (laughs) How did this come about? When did you go? How long were you there? I need to know everything. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. It was, it honestly feels like a dream. Like it feels like it's really strange. It feels super nostalgic and it feels like it didn't even happen because so it was like during quarantine, Danny and I had talked about it because we had been to Kauai, which was one of the islands for my, after my graduation and after college. And we had fallen in love with Hawaii. And uh, during quarantine, we were both just kind of feeling like I was feeling burnt out. Um, Danny kind of wanted to try something new as well. We weren't living together at the time either. So we really wanted to take that next step in our relationship. So um, it took a little bit of time. We initially wanted to go in August of 2020, but with everything going on, neither of us had, were employed at the time. So we were like, let's go for January, 2021. That gives us six months to you know, get a place, hopefully get some jobs, figure out how we want to do this, what island we want to go to. Um, and so we kind of just, we went for it and we were like, let's do it. So January, 2021, um, we got Sansa um, emotionally support certified. So she came on the plane with us, like on the plane, like in the cabin with us, sat at our feet. Um, oh my God. And we had, we had a place um, on Maui waiting for us. And so we landed down there in January. It was literally so crazy. It was like such a crazy month when we first got there because we shipped our cars and our cars came like a month late. Um, our we had like a storage container which also came like three weeks late. So we were wearing like the same clothes for. I remember going to the Lululemon store there, which I ended up working there, and buying just like three pairs of shorts because I didn't have any shorts with me. Went to Target, I didn't have a bathing suit. Um, so it was like super, like it was so spontaneous and just like the everyday life was like we were just like we don't know when our stuff is gonna come, but. Like looking back on that, like it was so fun, just like having kind of like forcing yourself to do something like that that was so uncomfortable. 
um, and so outrageous, but yet so fucking sick and so cool. Um, so once we like settled down there, um, Daniel works freelance. Like he was all good. It was all about me finding a job. So I had applied to like a bunch of different places, like little breakfast places, cafes. I didn't really, I didn't really know like, like what I was going to do. Um, my kind of excuse was as long as I'm living in Hawaii, I can do whatever job it is. So, um, and also that's when I had finished up at Orange Theory too. So I really didn't think about anything fitness. I kind of, I didn't really think about pursuing it any longer, but then when we passed the Legree studio driving down um, the street, Legree Maui. And for those who don't know Legree, it's a form of Pilates. Um, and I had heard of it because one of the influencers that I follow on social media had done Legree. And so I just like looked up LegreeMaui.com and saw that they were hiring. And, uh, um, and then Danny was like, you need to email her, like email the owner right now. Like you need to apply. We were, I remember we were out watching the sunset um, in Kihei. It was like our first or second week there. I remember Danny being like, no, you need to email her, like reach out right now. And so I was like, okay. And I got like super excited too, which was like such a good sign that I was like, okay, like this is something like I could be excited about. Um, Cause at the end of the day too, and something that I learned during my time on Maui is that I learned that if I'm going to be spending 40 hours a week doing something or, you know, a lot of my time and energy doing something, it's going to have to be something that I like to do um, because I can't just, I'm not the person to just work to work. Um, I just think our time and energy um, is so, it deserves more than that. Um, that's like a whole other tangent, but um, so yeah. And I reached out to her. That was super um, amazing. That's why I met like so many amazing women through the Legree studio. It was super part-time, but it was an incredible workout and I can go more into that too or whatever. And then, um, thankfully I worked at a Lululemon here in Pennsylvania before I had moved because I knew that there was going to be a Lululemon on the Island. So I was like, okay, like maybe I should open up those doors. I heard a lot of people being able to transfer stores. It's like a retail location and it didn't happen all at once, but, um, I remember being on a couple interviews. So I met some of the girls who worked at the Lululemon store. I introduced myself like first thing when we got onto the island, I went to the store. And then finally, when a position opened up, they reached out to me. And uh, that's where I pretty much worked full, worked full time um, was at the Lululemon store. So um, it was amazing. I met like some of the best people I've ever met. And it was so much fun. Um, like, I mean, how fun can be folding pants be, but like Lululemon as like a company is amazing. And the people, my coworkers were, were so sick. So that was that job. And then everything else I'm always ex like exactly what you would expect. It was so beautiful. It was literally like one of the best years that we could have ever asked for. Did you guys want to stay? Um, so the plan was to go for a year when we had initially, um, we were like, just, just go for a year. That's what I told my parents, my mom is just for a year. And then once we were there, we were like, oh no, like we're never going back. Like we're going to stay here forever. And then towards like the half year mark, we had been home a couple of times for weddings and we were kind of like, okay, like, wow, like we miss home, like more than we thought. And that kind of just like reiterated our feelings of like, maybe we want to be close to home for right now, especially after we got engaged. Um, and with some other things, just like also, you know, I didn't really like love the job at Lululemon. I didn't see myself there forever. Danny was starting to kind of formulate his movie that he just shot. So that was another thing too. He didn't think, you know, that filming in Hawaii was going to be plausible more back on the continental US. So we had both started to kind of figure out different things for ourselves as well. And as a, like, as a couple too, like 
things that might be more sensible back on the continental US, whether that's the East Coast, West Coast, wherever. And so by the time, like, honestly, like eight, nine months hit, we were like, um, really, I think it's, I think it's best that we go back. You learn kind of like what you value and what you value, value at the point in your life. And for us at that time, when we were deciding to move back, it was just being close to loved ones and then um, trying to kind of settle down as, as our little family too. Yes. And speaking of, you are engaged, which I didn't realize the wedding was so freaking soon. Look at that rock. I'm staring at Anna on Zoom. Um, When did he propose? So yeah, it's been crazy. We got engaged September 18th of last year, which is really awesome because um, September 18th, we got engaged. September 19th is our like dating anniversary. And then we're getting married on September 24th which is also really sick because this year, Monday is September 18th. So Tuesday is the 19th and then Saturday is the 24th. So it's like a big anniversary week. Oh my God. Which is so fun. And it's going to be like that, I guess, for another two years until the 24th lands on the next Monday. But um, I've already thought all about it. But (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, so it was like the anniversary weekend. It was on the beach. Um, on Maui, he made this incredible video, um, kind of highlighting our entire relationship. Um, and Danny is a filmmaker, so it was just, like just like the most amazing thing. I'll have to send it to you. But um, do you post any parts of it? Because I feel like I remember watching some of it. Yeah, it was on YouTube here and there. It's on YouTube. As soon as yeah, you okay, yeah. I watched it and I literally yeah. I think I cried. <laughs> as soon as you met him. I knew that you guys were going to get married and Girl, so like, same like right away. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, I think I remember you telling me that like yeah. we were in Philly that one day. And so I just remember being so ecstatic when I saw that you guys got engaged and I cannot <laughs> wait to see you. Yes. Get Thank you so much. Yeah. We're so excited, especially now that it's coming closer. It's definitely been stressful um, for sure, but honestly, like kind of going in like with everything we've been talking about, I feel like planning a wedding is like also a perfect metaphor because there's so many like societal like traditions and kind of ways that people think that you should be getting married and having your wedding and you have certain loved ones telling you certain things that they expect from your wedding and uh, at the end of the day it's your wedding you have to do what makes you happy as a couple and at the end of the day as well like you can't really think about anybody's judgment you know when the day when you're selling celebrating like the love of your life with your friends and your family with good music good food that's really all that matters it doesn't really matter you know what color the fucking flowers were it's all about doing what you want and what's going to make you guys feel like you celebrated in the best way possible with the people that you love okay so we obviously talked about college and then orange theory and then hawaii and your adventures there and then obviously moving back but i know right now something that you're super passionate about is coaching. It sounds like an amazing opportunity has arisen recently. So I want to talk about it. Yeah. Thanks so much, girl. Um, Yeah. So after college, that's another thing too. I really wanted to pursue collegiate track and field and cross country coaching. And uh, just because running became such a big part of my life, um, you know, in high school when we met, but it continued to blossom throughout college when I moved from the middle distance events up to cross country and to the longer distance events. Um, and that kind of led me to, to orange theory as well, because I wanted to go into coaching, but financially the different opportunities that I was, I had 
um, from my college coach and some connections that I had just, it didn't work out. wasn't really feasible for when I had graduated back in 2019. So I kind of put that on the back burner. Like I was like, this, I guess this isn't going to work out. I'm not really going to think about it now. I'm still coaching at Orange Theory. So still getting the aspect of coaching, quote unquote. And then right before COVID, um, I was going to coach, assistant coach at Gwen and Mercy University, which is a division school near where I live. And we're actually a coach this past year. Um, And I was going to coach there, which is super cool to dip my toes in the water a little bit. But then obviously with COVID, that didn't happen. And then before we knew it, we were on a plane to Hawaii. So totally put that on the back burner. Honestly, didn't really even think about it. I knew it was something that I always wanted to explore, but I almost like even convinced myself that it maybe didn't even need to happen just because of the time frame of everything and how things were kind of unfolding in my life and with my relationship. I was kind of just like, oh, you know, like I, didn't, I kind of just like stopped thinking about it. And I was just like, I was more towards a, what do I want to do with my life now? when I knew that like in the back of my head, there was something that I still needed to see if I wanted to do. That was kind of a a thing that I promised to myself that I was going to try to pursue once we moved back. And once I was in a place that I could. So reach out to the head coach who's at Gwen and Mercy. He took me in right away. Um, He was fantastic these past six months. um, So were the kids there, not volunteer there, I was assistant coach there, super small program. Um, but super great place to start. Um, just like opened my eyes to the world of collegiate distance running, like in a coaching perspective. So then in the summer or like when the season ended, I had to, I was trying to look like where else maybe I could continue to pursue the career and, you know, Villanova being so close to us, literally only 15 minutes away from where we live. Um, I was kind of looking, but they seem to have like assistant coaches already. So I was like, oh no. And then Danny encouraged me. He's like, just send an email to the head coach. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, I'm just going to send an email. I've learned this so much. I've heard it so many different times throughout the past year. Like just send the email, just like, just put yourself out there because you never know when that's going to be reciprocated. And when that's going to open a door, you put yourself out there. It's really scary. And you might feel like you're going to get a no, but what if you get the yes? And that's really cool. (laughs) For sure. My favorite quote, and I've always said this it's like if you don't ask the answer is already no what is the worst that can happen literally i love it no okay then you go do something else then you have your answer and you can stop thinking about it and then you can exactly forward to the new opportunity Mm -hmm. instead of having those little thoughts stay in the back of your head like it's amazing what can happen and what doors can open if you are just willing to put yourself out there, even at the yes. risk of rejection, because I promise our egos will be okay. But like yes. the amazing things that can come from the yes, the potential yes, even if it's a 1% chance, like who, what do you have to lose? What do you have to so lose? That's amazing. Yeah, I love it. I'm so excited. So grateful. So meet the team next week. And yep, <laughs> end of August, it starts back up again. I'm sure there's some time trials on the horizon that mm-hmm. me four years ago was sweating. Yeah, literally. Those were always the bane of my existence. Oh my God, the worst. She's like, yeah, she's like, I'll have the girls do a four mile tempo at six minute pace. It'll be very nice to be on the other end of it. I need to come out to a meet. Yeah, seriously, come out to me. Also like I, this is like an hour of like me just answering questions. Like I need to learn so much about your life too. And I'm so interested in to hear everything. So proud of you for just going for it. I think you are just like such a good example for everyone in general, like before all of this. And then to see like 
Kali Visconto, like do something that she wants to do, go off the beaten path. I think you're going to have a lot of impact on a lot of people, whether you know it or not. Um, so just know, like, it's, it's so refreshing to see from the outside and then from like a friend to friend, like, just like being proud of you on a personal level as well, knowing that like, you're doing something that's going to make you happy. Um, and taking that leap, like, and also knowing just like, myself too like I know how rewarding it can be so just know that like what you're doing is awesome and I hope that like whether you feel like it's worth it now or whether it takes a year or two like I hope you get that like full reward because you deserve to feel that and uh, every time you put it out there like you're having an impact and that's also like super important oh thank you you're so sweet and that means so much and honestly like throughout this whole process you and your path has really inspired me that like it's okay to try things and recognize that they're not for you and to take risks and realize like that's the best risk you've ever taken like i have seen you be so fulfilled by things that you're doing and really feed your passions and so like that has really in turn made me feel like i can also do the same there's no rush and then there's like i saw this TikTok or something of someone being interviewed who's older and she was like if it doesn't work out when you're 30 you try again when you're 40 and when it doesn't work out when you're 40 you try again when you're 50 and then she kept going and going I was like amen sister like there's what is the rush <laughs> that is true we all are in a rush and for what for what literally for what for what <laughs> oh, all right I'll let you go um thank you so much it was so great to see your face and I'll see it in person soon yeah thanks so much girl thanks for having me hope I didn't ramble too much but it was such a pleasure um yeah love you lots